life? I mean, truly happy? If I asked you to define what a truly happy life looks like, could you do it? I'm starting the conversation about what it means to be truly happy from within and why things that you think create your happiness from outside of yourself are actually not what creates a truly happy life. So grab your cup of tea, sit back and chat with me. I've missed you. and welcome to the Happiness Workshop podcast, where we know that happiness is a workshop. I workshopped my happiness this weekend, thanks to our youngest son. For Christmas this year, he gave my husband and I tickets to see Journey in concert for their 50th anniversary tour. We had such a great weekend. We got a hotel, we ate amazing food, and we really enjoyed the concert. Toto opened for Journey, so it was a double win for us. Africa, you guys. Africa, live in concert, so good. And then on Sunday, we slept until noon because we had asked for a late checkout, so it was fantastic. Totally workshopped happiness weekend. I encourage you to workshop your happiness by looking ahead. How can you bring more happiness into your upcoming weekend and your next week? Think about that. My guest in the workshop this evening is my friend, Angie Merritt. After 25 years as a public school educator in poor, rural, eastern North Carolina, Angie reinvented herself, becoming a highly trained yoga teacher and an Ayurvedic lifestyle coach and holistic health educator. At 74, she is passionately pursuing helping baby boomers live their retirement years in maximized health through proven lifestyle and mindset habits in an online club called Age Well Health Quest. The club supports members to make changes and establish gratifying connections with each other. Welcome to the workshop, Angie Merritt. Angie, hello, hello, and welcome to the workshop. Well, thank you. I am so happy to have you here. You, I just always want to squeeze and give a hug to you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that sounds good. I know, right? How bad can life be if everyone wants to hug you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Who was sitting in my lap. So sweet. What's his name? Mojo. Mojo. Mojo is so cute. Is Mojo not yappy? Because my little dog is so yappy. He's not bad. He Mm. he chases the cat, you know, but uh, (laughs) other than that, he's and uh, he's a he's a good guard dog, you know, uh, male male person comes and I know all about it. (laughs) Yes. And that is very quiet and very sociable. Oh, you're a good boy, Mojo. Yes, he is. So let's jump right into it, Angie. I, you know, that I, that I just told you, I always want to squeeze you and hug you. Um, <laughs> you are 74 years old and you're a strategic aging consultant, right? Yes. Yes. What does that mean, Angie? It means that I help people determine uh, where they are in their health situation and things that they can do naturally in their lifestyle to uh, 
to help that out because most of the diseases that older people have are lifestyle diseases. They're chronic and uh, they can be improved by lifestyle. And we look at the lifestyle and uh, help people uh, make adjustments in their lifestyle that really, really makes a major difference in their life. I love that. It's not easy to make changes. That's exactly right. And that's what I was just getting ready to say is, you know, we can all say, oh, I know I should lose 10 pounds. Oh, I know I should exercise more. But knowing you should, quote unquote, do that and knowing what to do, what are the next best steps I can take to actually come up with a plan and put that plan into action. I think that's where people start to get tripped up is because knowing you should um, and knowing how to do are two totally different things. Absolutely. Yes. And one of the things that we do to help is to uh, put people into a new culture. In other words, our habits are in a, in a large part culture driven. What is everybody else doing? What are my friends doing? What has my family been doing my whole life? You know, those kinds of things. And so to uh, find a new group of people that are making those changes and, uh, and pursuing that health is just very, very important for our being able to do it. Yes, that makes a lot of sense because I've, I don't know if five is the exact right number, but I know that you are a product of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So we do as humans, you're so right. We take on other people's traits, other people's characteristics, whether they're healthy traits and characteristics or unhealthy. That's right. That's right. And Uh, Another piece of it is that we actively pursue becoming close. So uh, that that helps us uh, deepen those relationships of those people that are marching toward health. (laughs) Yes, because we're better together, right? It's absolutely. Yeah, what you just said a minute ago in the beginning was creating a new culture, creating a new way to see things and having that be health-based. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. And, and I can say that it really works. I, uh, put, uh, put habits in, uh, maybe, uh, eight years ago or something like that. And I just got healthier and healthier. And I, I didn't really realize that's what it was. It was just kind of what I did. But uh, the more I studied it, the more I, and the more habits I incorporate, the healthier I get. And it's just, it's just um, so invigorating. Mm. And so uh, it, it allows us to just have so much more resilience emotional and health wise. Yeah, because honestly, 
Angie, I feel like you could work circles around me. I feel like I would need to go take a nap. Like your energy is so strong and high vibrating and not in a way that's exhausting. You're just so authentic. You're so, you always show up as your best self. You always show up as this confident person in this confident energy where not that you know everything because you're always like, well, I need to learn how to do that. But you confidently go learn how to do that. Have you always yeah. been that way? Has that always been you? Or has this just gotten, like, has this improved over the course of the last seven or eight years as you've learned more and more? Um, I think it's probably a combination of both. Because I've always been a a, a a learner, an independent learner, go after it. Uh, but uh, having the confidence to go after new behaviors is become a whole new person. <laughs> is is fairly recent. So let me ask you back in the beginning seven or eight years ago, when you made that first change, what was the first change that you made? Uh, changing diet. And at the time, I, I did a more extreme diet, uh, a high raw vegan diet. And uh, I, I just, my health just changed so much that I just, it just blew my mind. I just wanted to go out and make everybody else a high raw vegan, but the more I studied it, the more I said, uh, the more I find out that we're all individuals and that we each need our own uh, way to health. And it's not from external information that helps, yes, but it's from knowing enough to experiment on yourself and say, oh, this works, that doesn't. <laughs> And rather than uh, that external authority, developing that internal intelligence. I resonate so much with that because in the happiness workshop and in women finding clarity, I always say that happiness has to come from within, right? You can't Absolutely. find it in an external source. And sure, I can go to external sources to learn more, to gather information. But if I'm not willing to really turn the mirror inward and see how those external factors impact me internally, I'm never going to find what I'm looking for. And, you know, what you do is just like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just uh, always be experimenting, uh, learning, uh, learning what works for you and uh, take some suggestions. See how you can incorporate new things in your life and uh, new mindset pieces. That's a biggie. Yeah. So I know that you teach yoga um, and relaxation. You have senior yoga. When did you start doing yoga yourself? And when did you become a yoga teacher? I actually started uh, 
doing yoga, well, I touched on it in my 20s, but uh, I couldn't get back to it. Uh, Kids and and finances, and uh, I live in a very small uh, eastern North Carolina town, and there's no yoga teachers. (laughs) So, So it was, I was 59 before I really started doing yoga and just decided that I would uh, go do uh, the first level of a 200-hour training, you know, the standard yoga training, and that was all I was going to do. And then I more and more realized what it was doing in my body and what it was doing to connect my body to my awareness, and that's really majorly important. We need that connection. Yeah. So fifty nine, you said when you yes. went here. Yes. That I found myself smiling as you're talking about this because people start to feel in their mid to late forties like, oh, I'm coming to the end, and I'm you know, I've already gone, I'm over the hill and I'm picking up speed going down and everyone, you know, there's midlife crises and awakenings and all these things, but people start to feel like after 40, 45, that's kind of it. Like, this is who I'm going to be now for the rest of my life. And look at you at 59, you're like, nope, I'm going to get my yoga certification. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. You're 74 and you've got this business and you work with baby boomers to have these mindset shifts and to find better lifestyles, healthier lifestyles for themselves. You're 74. Like how inspirational are you? Good. Yes. You make me smile. And I've, I've, uh, I really have reinvented myself. I remember being 48, climbing this uh, huge sand dune that's on the, uh, on the coast of North Carolina. And it was such a struggle to climb that sand dune, just thinking, this is probably the last time I'll even attempt to do this. Mm. And now when I go to the beach, I just go climb that sand dune. <laughs> Yeah, you do. But how powerful is that? You could have just accepted, this is probably the last time I'm going to do this. Yeah. But instead, you said, nope, no, it's not. And now you just go do it with ease. Yeah. And I, uh, I traveled to Bali, got up at 1.30 in the morning, uh, went to climb the mountain and I have to admit that I couldn't quite climb the mountain at the speed that all these younger people do. I could have climbed the mountain, but not fast enough. <laughs> so in the middle of the uh, uh, night, I got on the back of a motorcycle with a stranger and up the mountain we went. <laughs> so I'm an adventurer. You're amazing, Angie. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is the story I would be leading my life with. So I went to Bali and, you know, I didn't think I could climb the mountain quite as fast. So I hop on the back of a motorcycle with a complete stranger. You're amazing. Thank you. (laughs) 
I know. What do you say to things like that when people say, you're so amazing? What else do you say but thank you? But please receive it because honestly, the fact of the matter is that at any age, going to another country is a big deal. Thinking about climbing a mountain is a big deal. Hopping on the back of a motorcycle is a big deal. And with a stranger is a big, you know what I mean? So each one of those things are these huge things. And you're just kind of like laissez-faire about it. Like, <laughs> I knew I could have got up there, but you know, I adventured and I hopped on a motorcycle. It's amazing. It was fun. <laughs> the sunrise was amazing. Oh, and that's the beauty. That's the blessing in it, right? Is you were willing to put yourself out there to take this trip, to hop on the back of a motorcycle with that stranger, to get to the top of the mountain. You saw the sunrise and it yes. was beautiful. Yes. And I bet in that moment, you felt completely filled up. Oh, yes. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous and uh, fulfilling. Yeah. And had you not made that decision that you made, or had you really believed the thought of, oh, this is probably the last time I'm going to be able to climb this sand dune and left it at that, you wouldn't have had that experience of sitting on the top of the mountain, feeling fulfilled by that sunrise in Bali. Absolutely. So powerful, Angie. But you have to do something to get there. If you don't take those steps to get healthier and to find the mindset that makes you happy, you will be just at the bottom of that sand dune, just watching other people go up. Ooh, that's a powerful visual. And, you know, even I know for myself, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to start eating healthier. Okay. I really need to start working out. Okay. I'll, I'll join a gym. That's what I'll do, but it's hard to maintain, to stick to it. Right. When there's a bump in the road, it's easy to quit. I mean, it's what do you quit. say? Yes. It's easy to quit. What do you say to yourself? What do you say to your clients in those times when there's a bump in the road and they want to quit? Uh, well, we talk about, we actually teach people how to make habit changes because we don't come knowing that. So, so just getting back to the basics of finding out uh, what is your why? Why do you want to get healthier? What's going to be the big picture end that's going to be satisfying for you? and how to take, how to break it down into tiny steps and uh, just what is the next little piece you can do. Uh, we don't have to make huge jumps. We can approach it over, over tiny little steps. And another piece is not being a perfectionist. We don't have to do it 100% of the time. Uh, we call it uh, 
a B minus. A B minus will get you there. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. You know, our cousin, who is my youngest son's godmother, when my middle child, my boy, went to college this year, she said, just remember, D's get degrees. And I was like, stop it. Don't tell him that. But it's so true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And so in my business, one of the things I teach people is about keeping your buckets full, right? Your, Your work bucket, you know, so let's take the college kid, for example. Yes, academia is so important. You need to get good grades, da, da, da. But also your social life is important. Your spiritual life is important. Your rest is important. Your health is important. All these different things. And so if maybe your academia bucket being full means that you get Bs or Cs. I wouldn't go so far, cousin, as to say Ds. (laughs) but, (laughs) But it's a valid point. If you're needing to also keep your social bucket and your spiritual bucket full, and that means that maybe your academia bucket isn't an A, but it's a B, that's okay. It's it's important to keep all the buckets, even if they're not completely full, in balance. Yeah. And uh, and have a plan for... uh, how does it stay full? Yes. You know, it, it's not just go do something. It's on a continual basis. How are you going to keep it filling up? Mm, and I love that because it circles right back around to what I asked. Like, what do you do when someone hits a bump in the road? So you clearly already have a plan in place with them you know, it's not if we hit a bump in the road, it's when we hit a bump in the road, right? How are we going to handle that? How are we going to get back on the road? One of the things that I think helps is that uh, in my program, there's there's, uh, rolling enrollment. So some folks have been in the program longer than other folks, and they can come back with the wisdom that they gained when they first ran into changing that habit. And uh, so the community support helps a little wisdom from somebody that's a few steps ahead. Yes. Somebody who can save you a few steps, right? Right. Yeah. This is what I did about that or had yeah. you thought such and such. So let's talk about your program for just a moment. Um, it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's one-on-one with a client but then there's also an option for group support. So what does all of that look like? It's a a group, uh, basically a group uh, program. We call it a club because it feels good to go there. Yes. (laughs) It's uh, my best friends are here. Yes. uh, It's, uh, we talk about the habits. Uh, we learn them kind of systematically, but we also uh, use liberating structures, which are uh, uh, ways to get deeper into what we're doing and how we're feeling 
and what we're uh, what we're running into, uh, we find out about ourselves and we find out about each other on a much deeper level in a very short time frame by uh, using these structures. And uh, it's uh, since we have rolling enrollment, some folks are more experienced than other folks and and uh, we can kind of help each other out. And uh, it takes a while to make changes, especially if you're talking about lots of changes. We're not just talking about uh, exercising more. We're talking about learning meditation and uh, our daily rhythm habits of when we go to bed and when we get up and uh, how, how to make little rituals during our day to give us some space and some safety and comfort. So there's lots of stuff going on and you're just not gonna do it by running through it one time and say, oh, now I know the habits. <laughs> no, you gotta build them in and work on them and build them deeper and build them deeper. And even little changes can make a difference in your health. So as you have more and more changes at a deeper and deeper level, you get more benefits. Yeah. You know, it is hard, but I love the idea of a club because, right, you can say, oh, I joined the gym. Or there's a totally different feeling to say, I joined this club where X, Y, Z, right? Because it does give you the feeling of belonging, a sense yes. of, yeah. And obviously there's value in improving your health, right? There's value in all of it, but there's so much value. We as humans have this innate need, this sense of wanting to belong. And so Absolutely. calling it a club right off the bat, okay, I belong here. That feels just so warm and welcoming and very Angie. It's very Angie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it is, you know, that, that is a very important aspect of life is that belonging. And it's, it's, uh, can be hard to find. Yes. And two things about, you know, you and what you do and all of it is the first part is the older generation, the baby boomer generation are at a point in life now where a lot of them don't care so much what other people think and, you know, all of that. And so maybe that's not going to resonate or be heard as readily in the ears of 20 year olds who still care very much what their makeup looks like, what their clothes look like. Not to say the boomers don't, but I just mean when you're 20, you're still trying to figure out who you are. And so you feel it's so important to show up in a particular way, to wear a mask, right? To say yes. the right things, to fit in. When you are at a different phase in your life, 
where you've done all those things and now you are your most authentic self yet? Yes. It's right. I am loving being in my 70s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What's that? 60s too. They were great decades. You know, Angie, I'll tell you, along the way, I just feel like with every age, if you're willing to just stop for a moment and take a look, it does get better and better in a lot of ways because, you know, lots of mistakes in your teens and in your twenties, your brain's not even fully developed. You're not the person who you're going to be by the time you're 30. I feel like I almost don't remember a lot of my thirties because I had very young children. And so I spent all my time focused on them, which I would never trade for the world because, you know, that has always been my purpose. Right. But in my forties, I feel like I just started to find my authentic voice. I just started to stand in my own power to really discover who I was from my center that gave me the ability to stand in my own power. Right. Yes. Yes. That uh, building up that sovereignty of that internal uh, wisdom is just, uh, it's an amazing quest. (laughs) Yeah. And I love so much how you look at it because you're like, it's an amazing quest. And a lot of people are just like, oh my God, you know, like they just can't, I can't even. And yeah, you just, every time I see you, every time I speak to you, that's the energy you bring that life is an amazing quest. And I think it's beautiful. Good. Go for it. Yeah. And that's why you magnetize people to you, Angie, because that's your authentic, your authentic energy, right? And people want that. People want to be part of that club. They want to be part of the club that says life is an amazing quest. It could be my last time to climb this sand dune, but nope, I don't think so. Let's see what else I can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So in your business, what other things do you talk about with your clients to have these mindset shifts? You know, there's yoga and obviously you talk about healthful eating and those kinds of things. What other things do you do and talk about that you find make a difference? Uh, I think the, the mindset piece, the, the, uh, the the spiritual uh mindset like uh for instance forgiving just live in a space of forgiving uh live in a space that is uh non-judgmental we're all wonderful creatures and uh have things to teach so uh be open to learning from everybody you know those those kinds of mindset uh, being uh, grateful, just looking around and just being amazed at at 
we are blessed on the earth uh, for all millennia. And we just get so used to just having all this amazing stuff, uh, running water, <laughs> refrigerators, uh, heat to be warm. We just, we just overlook it. We just get so used to it. We don't appreciate it. And nature, nature is just amazing. Just a continual uh, uh, parade of plant life. And it's just out there, just coming up. And we can cooperate with it uh, and appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, just the, just the openness of the sky is so uh, uh, fulfilling for us to have that, that space. We need space in our life. So, you know, just oodles of things like that. Yeah. And you continue over and over to say space. And what I gleaned, you know, the picture in my mind as you were just talking is really of taking the time to create the space because that's what it takes. It takes taking the time to be in nature, for example and notice and pay attention. And that's where the appreciation and the gratitude and the wonder comes in. That's when the magic comes in. And if you don't give yourself that time to just be in nature for a few minutes and let your um, cortisol levels come down and just let your mind just clear and just be in that space, you're not it's going to be so much harder for you to create the wonder. And it doesn't mean you have to be in space, but it can be in any part or in nature. I mean, it can be in any part of your life that you create that space, but it's taking the time to be in the moment to create the space, right? Yeah. Yeah. To create that. Uh, uh, what is my, my condition right now? Uh, am I, uh, uptight? Do I need to rest? Am I tired? Uh, meeting your body where it needs to be met. Or sometimes it needs a little stimulation. Let's uh, do a little uh, movement or uh, uh, let's do some breathing or let's, let's go walk around the block or whatever. You know, we need to uh, we need to be in touch with ourselves. Yeah. And that says it all, right? It's just noticing, just um, being aware, bringing the awareness to your body. What do I need? And so it's not always I need a 60 minute yoga practice today. It's I just need a walk around the block and sit with a warm cup of tea. Yes and rest and that's okay and that's okay yeah mm. we uh we forget the the beingness of ourselves we're so busy doing <clears throat> that's absolutely right and it's in that being that the space is created and the younger you can 
hear and understand the words to give yourself time to come into awareness, to notice how it feels in your body, the better off you're going to be for the rest of your life, the happier you'll be, the healthier you'll be, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Mm. I think kids have it naturally and we, we uh, train it out of them. <laughs> okay. And that's so very true because think about it. It used to be that you enter school at five years old. Now, for the most part, it's four years old. And in school, you're trained to sit in a chair and be quiet, to be still, to stand in line, to walk in a straight line, to not talk, to ask to use the restroom. To So from the time you start going to school until you retire from your job, you, it is ingrained in you to look outside of yourself for what you need. You need to go to the restroom. You need to ask someone outside of yourself, right? Yeah. You feel like you need to move your body. Is it okay with the person outside of yourself? Even though, you know, you need to move your body, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Those little skinny butt boys, they need to move. Absolutely. And so from the age of four years old, at least in our country and our culture, you're taught to stop looking within and yeah. start paying attention to everything outside of yourself. And so you lose that relationship with who you are from within. Yeah. And I love so much what I do in helping people rediscover that relationship with themselves. And I love that that's what you do and that you focus on baby boomers because look at everything you've lived through in your lifetime, Angie. Oh, if you just knew. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and a lot of the beginning of your lifetime was about survival, right? Yeah. And having those basic needs met. And so living in survival mode, you're not paying attention to what you need or what you, you are paying attention to what you need in that I need food. I need safety. I need shelter. Yeah. And that's those, all you get to look at. That's all you get to look at. Yeah. And so you're in survival mode in uh, fight or flight constantly. And so to really start your life that way, there wasn't as much of the time as kids nowadays have to be nurtured and coddled and, you know, let's make it easy for you. You really started out, you hit the ground running. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think my childhood was, uh, uh, a luxury. I had my mother home until I was in first grade. Uh, you know, uh, I had crayons and books and uh, mm. things were good. Yeah. And shine and, and sand to play in and what more do you need? <laughs> See, that's beautiful. And I bet that you have more of appreciation for that now than you ever had when you were younger. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. a luxury. I look around and, and kids don't, you know, they're shuffled here and they're shuffled there and uh, 
they don't really have time uh, to spend the day in nature and to develop uh, coping skills, uh, creating your own games that, that last days, uh, things like that. Yeah. I think our, our childhoods were easier. I agree with that. Honestly, I, my parents always used to say like, oh, you know, as we started having our children, I wouldn't want to be raising kids in today's day and age. And I have already found myself thinking of that. And my kids aren't even at the space where they're ready to start having their own children. You know, they're in, you know, my daughter just turned 20 and you know, the other two are still teenagers, so they're not even there yet, but I've already found myself thinking, whoo, yes. I'm not looking to that, you know? <laughs> yeah, really, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I love it. I love everything you do. I love that you're, you know, you work with specifically baby boomers and bringing these new ideas and this mindset and, you know, bringing this awareness in a time and a space when people have more time to actually create the space and to use the time and the space that they have now effectively so they can enjoy the time and the space that they have. Absolutely. Uh, people have chronic conditions and uh, they're looking at their their energy levels and they're ready to do something for themselves. So uh, it, it's a good age to make these changes. You can make them earlier and yes, it's very effective. And uh, part of the reason that I work with baby boomers is because that's who shows up for me. <laughs> Absolutely. My <laughs> gray hair and they say, oh, <laughs> you're the one for me. But you're such a great example in that way. You've got gray hair and you practice meditation and you do Qigong and Tai Chi and you know what I mean? So you're such a great influence. You're such an inspirational figure to people, Angie. I hope so. <laughs> you are. You are, you're beautiful. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Um, how about joyfulyogawithangie at gmail.com? You got it. And I'm going to put that in show notes and that okay. way everyone will have it. They can just click on it and get right to you. Okay. All Perfect. right. And you so do you have you know, before we close up, what is one piece of advice you would give to anyone listening about starting this journey of looking within? Um, learn the learn the habits that Ayurveda teaches, because it's a system of five thousand year old system, and they have studied things. And it's still very, very effective about how to uh, how to manage the circadian rhythms uh, because we're better off matching 
the circadian rhythms, the rhythms of nature, than we are the way we're doing it now with electric lights and uh, uh, computers available to entertain us all the time. You know, so so just uh, getting back into nature more and the circadian rhythms. And Ayurveda is a good way to start that study. <clears throat> I love it. And if they want to learn more about that study, they can contact you as well. Absolutely. Yes. I love yeah. it. Angie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and sharing your authentic energy. And I'm just sending you the biggest hug. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, it was just a blast. I enjoyed it so much. So fun. I love these conversations. And I've told you before, I love your accent so much. I could listen <laughs> to you all day. Yes. <laughs> got Let's, a unique accent. Yes, it's beautiful. I love it. It's part of your charm. <laughs> well, well, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you again for being here. And I look forward to talking again soon. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, how much did you fall in love with Angie? I totally love her accent. And she is unbelievable. I can only wish that I have her energy and vitality at 74 years old. I want to thank you for spending this time in the workshop with Angie and myself. And I'm holding so much gratitude for each of you and appreciate that you continue to come to the workshop week after week to learn more about yourself. Keep moving purposefully forward on your path toward happiness and always remember to go within. Good night. Thank you for being part of the Women Finding Clarity community and for making the Happiness Workshop podcast part of your week. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite listening platform and share the Happiness Workshop podcast with a friend. These are simple ways to help us get our show in the ears and on the minds of more listeners. We know that happiness is a workshop, so find more tools to guide you forward on your path to happiness at www.womenfindingclarity.com. A reminder to keep moving forward on your path to happiness and always remember to go within.